Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Taliban checkpoints, gunfire, and massive crowds at the airport. Officials say that forced them to temporarily shut one of the gates at Kabul's airport today as they race to evacuate American citizens, residents, and Afghans who've worked with the United States. I can tell you that they have received, uh, as of a couple hours ago, a small handful of reports uh, from American citizens who weren't able to reach the airport for whatever reason. Contacts in Kabul say the Taliban is refusing to let them through to the airport. My office has been in touch with dozens of people on the ground outside the airport where the Taliban are beating people indiscriminately, taking their passports taking their visa papers. That's Senator Tom Cotton there. Can you imagine you, you, the only thing that could possibly get you out of there and they take your visa, your passport, and destroy it? Well, and they're just preventing Americans from getting to the airport, probably because if you can slow this process down, it prolongs your power over the Americans. It's a hostage situation. Yeah, you know, I said last hour that we may look back on this week as like the good old days. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I think that's almost certainly true. We're going to have minimum hundreds, possibly four figures of Americans that are still there, and really bad things are going to happen to those people. And that is going to be a heck of a political situation for Biden to deal with. Yeah, I would say. I would say show trials, God knows what, mass executions. You know, I, I have something I really, really want to get to. Um, yeah, what, we'll hold on to the uh, the John Kirby, the spokesman for the Pentagon stuff, for a minute. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you this. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to use the names, but a person who was uh, involved at the highest levels of our government um, dealing with Pakistan and the region recently sent this along and said this person is is a trusted friend okay that trusted friend is matt zeller from no one left behind who we've been quoting uh lately this week he's the guy who's been trying desperately to get the interpreters and and uh everybody in afghanistan who worked with us and is probably going to be killed out of the country um so his uh, testimony is um is considered rock solid by people who would know He writes, it boggles my mind as to how they can possibly just now be this concerned. We've been warning them over and over again for seven months daily. Next to completely abandoning them, this is our nightmare scenario. We predicted this. In April, I wrote wrote an op-ed for the Military Times. The crux of my argument, when collapse occurs in Afghanistan, it will happen faster than D.C. can respond. And that, given Afghanistan's unique place in the world and difficult terrain and operating environment, that this kind of rescue would necessitate the largest airlift since 1948. Hmm. We have extreme difficulty getting people past the gates at the airport. There are three layers of security. The outermost is Taliban. The innermost are our forces. And crazy as it may sound, in between them are a thin line of what remains of the Afghan, Afghan national security forces still on duty in Kabul. Those Afghans absolutely better be on our jets when we leave. The Taliban have checkpoints everywhere. If they find that you are carrying a passport or English documents or communications of any kind, they immediately confiscate them. Good luck getting through the gate without any documents or phones. And oh, by the way, they're now on the Taliban's hit list. 
They're going door to door and searching for our allies. When they find them, one of two things happen. To some, to some, they say with a smile on their face, we're making a list, and when the Americans leave, we're coming back for you. To others, they simply just take them, never to be seen again. Yeah. We had one ally, a 17-year-old kid, taken while out shopping for groceries because his neighbors had reported to the Taliban that he and his family were leaving for America. He hasn't been seen or heard from since. Oh, my God. Just the rumor that you're heading for the airport is a guilty verdict that you worked with the Americans. All the gates and online, um, there is mass confusion. Throngs of people make it impossible to get through. We've literally been instructed by people on the ground to tell our allies to push through by any means to the front of the line in order to hear their name called by an interpreter who is relaying the information for an American official. Even in our last hour, the interpreters remain on post. We have to take every single last one of them. At night, the Taliban go through and beat the crowd with chains. They fire over the base at the crowd in an attempt to get the crowd to surge toward the U.S. gate. They're trying to spark an incident that looks awful for us. They are testing us. How we expect anyone to get through this is madness. Some of our NATO allies have already figured out better solutions. We'll be getting into oh, that yeah. in a minute. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's a troubling story. Some, like the French, are just going out with their special forces and getting their people by whatever means necessary. Mr. President, if the French can do it, we can do it. Yeah, I read about Others, that over uh, a couple of days ago. I thought, why are we not doing what the French are doing? And the Brits, as it turns out. Others are having their evacuees meet at other locations around Kabul and then finding alternative ways to get them to the airport. Both of these options are exponentially more effective and efficient than what we have on the ground right now. President Joe Biden, please meet with our coalition team so we can properly explain the situation to you. Our message has failed to get through to your staff. I'm asking now publicly in this insane global forum because it's the last bastion of the desperate and we're at our most dark hour. Uh, here are the Association of Wartime Allies recommendations. I found this very interesting. Order the U.S. military to expand the perimeter well past the airport. The Taliban cannot be allowed to remain 100 meters from U.S. Marines when they can commit atrocities in front of us knowing we will do nothing. They are thugs. We are the United States of America. Show them we won't be bullied. Use the might of our forces to create a humanitarian corridor in Kabul so that people can safely get to the airport without this chaos and constant Taliban interference. Retake by force and reopen the following airfields, and then he lists several. Set up similar humanitarian corridors in each of those cities, asking some... Asking the some 50,000-plus Afghan wartime allies and evacuees we're tracking that live outside of Kabul to run the Taliban gauntlet of checkpoints is a suicide mission. If you're so determined to continue negotiating with liars, try and make one last deal. We do not want another war. We are not going to remain in Afghanistan. We just want to take all of our people and leave. Get them to agree to those terms. Bring them home. Just get it done. Our people are counting on you. No, we're texting people and saying, fight your way to the airport. And uh, good news, we're not going to charge you for your flight. Wow. Wow. I saw, I was watching a little more up on CNN, and what we had last hour, if you didn't hear it, Clarissa Ward of CNN, she's there at the airport, and she said uh, she talked to a British soldier, and he broke down crying. He had done a couple of tours, you know, in the in the, in the the S in Afghanistan during the actual war part of the war, and he said the PTSD he's going to have from this is worse. And I was looking at some of our guys, our Marines there on the wall, and you got, like, moms trying to climb the wall and hand their kids or get over themselves, and 
you know, some of the Marines are pushing some of them back down. And like every once in a while, they help one over because you probably think, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Imagine what that would do to your psyche as you're pushing someone fighting for their life and you push them back down. No, I'm not going to let you up here. I can't because it would be complete chaos and better to get some out than none. But I mean, that would be I, I can't imagine what that would do to you. I think at the very, very least, the idea of expanding the security perimeter well beyond the airport is a must. Is that something we just militarily can't do? I thought maybe we ought to have Mike Lyons on again, because I always get uncomfortable talking about this military stuff, since I don't actually know what I'm talking about. Um, Is that something we just can't physically do? Is that why we're not doing it? We just don't have the manpower against the Taliban that are there to expand it without risk of a battle that we would lose. Well, I was thinking as I was reading Matt Zeller's recommendations and the uh, Association of Wartime Allies, which I know nothing about, um, I was thinking, you know, I like those ideas in principle, but they sure sound like a Black Hawk Down uh, episode times 10, uh, at least building the potential for that sort of thing to happen. Mike Lines did say on uh, Monday, and uh, one other general on TV that I like, um, saying that everything we do... Is it the pleasure of the Taliban still? It might be just if we feel like every hour that goes by where the Taliban lets us to even have the control of the airport that we have is a gift from them. Let's not mess with that. Sometimes people say something by not saying something. And when we come back, uh, John Kirby, the spokesman for the Pentagon, I'd forgotten he was an admiral um, uh, back in his uh, doing his day job. Brett Bear asks him a couple of tough questions, and his answers reveal a great deal. One in particular is stunning. If you haven't heard it, that's next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. David Ignatius writes in the Washington Post, and that gets to what we're about to play. Failure can shatter the trust and consensus of any team, and that's a danger now for the Biden White House. This group has been extraordinarily close and congenial during Biden's first seven months, but you can already see the first cracks in Fortress Biden. Little Liberal Democrats, especially activists for women's rights, are genuinely angry that Biden didn't do more to protect Afghan women and human rights. Those fissures will widen. Yeah, I have no doubt. Wow. You know, during the commercial good. break, I was just thinking about when something truly incomprehensibly catastrophic happens to people, it can do bad things to their, their minds and their hearts and their abilities to function. You're starting out with a guy who's pushing 80 and of questionable um, neurological uh, sharpness with Biden. I wonder what this does to him. He's speaking today at some point. Do we know when? Uh, Hanson, can you look into that when? I don't know when. Oh, yeah, we read later in the show yesterday, get the podcast if you didn't see it, Jim Garrity writing in the National Review is, I don't think Biden's all right, laying out the case that biggest crisis of his presidency, he disappears for four days? What? Doesn't take any questions at all? What? Is he, Goes to his house. Is he okay? Yeah, yeah. Brett Baer was talking to John Kirby. He's a former admiral. He's a spokesman for the Pentagon these days. Um, and he said a couple of things that are absolutely worth noting. We'll start with clip 40. 
ISIS and Al Qaeda is absolutely a, a planning factor. You uh, wouldn't expect it to be otherwise. Um, and um, I'm not going to talk about specific force protection measures uh, against uh, terrorist threats. Yeah, but uh, the fact is, Al Qaeda, ISIS—they are in Afghanistan right now. I thought the whole idea was making sure it couldn't be a hotbed of that sort of thing. Uh, but then Brett Baer talked to the uh, the spokesman in his show. We'll roll clip forty-one. If the British can take their paratroopers and they can get in vehicles and go get their people and get them to the airport, yeah. why can't the U.S. do that? If there is a deal with the Taliban to provide safe passage, why is it left to the Americans outside of that ring to get there on their own? Why can't we send vehicles to go get them? We have not seen uh, any great impediments uh, to the safe passage that the Taliban have agreed to facilitate. Americans are getting through those checkpoints, and they are getting onto the base on the airfield, and they are being flown out of, of Kabul. Uh, I won't speak to potential uh, future operations that, that may or may not be conducted. What I can tell you is the operation we're conducting now, and that is to keep that airfield open and running, and Americans are getting through the lines. They are getting onto planes. Okay, not speaking to future operations, I get. That's that's totally legitimate. On the other hand, we have not seen any significant impediments to people getting the airport is utterly false. Right. That's just not that's just not true, you know, whether you're watching Clarissa Ward on CNN or Richard Engel on NBC, that's not true. Whether you're listening to various congressmen and senators who are saying they're hearing from constituents that are citizens there, it's just not true. That's just not not only did they not let me go to the airport, they confiscated all of my IDs. Um, he also, well, that was his answer, I guess, to the question of what's the deal. So the Brits are sending special forces out and getting people, you know, one at a time, family at a time. So are the French. Why aren't we doing that? I don't know. I don't actually know that. If you know, text us 415-295-KFTC. I can't imagine. And then uh, one more question from Brett Bear, 42. Does the U.S. military con- consider the Taliban an enemy? Uh, we are focused right now. Uh, the, the the thing we're 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 working against right now is is time and space, and we want to get as many people out of Kabul as we can uh, in as little amount of time as we can. There are no hostile interactions right now between American forces and the Taliban, and we want to keep it that way. <laughs> that is jaw dropping. 20 years ago, the longest war in U.S. history, we keep hearing. But 20 years ago, we went to uh, we went to war against the Taliban because they harbored al-Qaeda and worked with them. That was the whole thing, was the war. And now we can't even say out loud that they're an enemy. Well, I think I understand why. And I was almost, I was a little disturbed Brett asked that question because Brett, they are holding between ten and 80,000 hostages right now right so i don't i don't think now's the time to be saying yeah i hate them that's what's jaw-dropping right is that the taliban has enough leverage over the united states of america that we can't say out loud that they're an enemy that's what's jaw-dropping right so how can uh former cia director secretary of defense leon panetti yesterday he said the the united states of america is a much more dangerous place since the fall of uh, Afghanistan because of al-Qaeda and ISIS and the Taliban and everything like that, just flat-out stating that it's more dangerous for us now. How can Joe Biden turn this into any sort of thing that's positive out of that? When, when, when we can't even say out loud that the Taliban is an enemy because they got so much leverage on us. 
That's incredible. This this is an unfolding catastrophe and quite possibly a, a terrible, terrible challenge for many years to come. Wow. Wow. It doesn't matter how many nuclear weapons you have or, uh, you know, how much of your budget you spend on uh, military defense or whatever else. None of that matters when you got a group of thugs who have thousands of Americas held hostage. You got to kind of dance to their tune for a while, I guess. Oh, and, you know, we could, you know. Yeah, let's hit 32 real quick, Michael. This is Jen Griffin. U.S. officials estimate the Taliban now control at least 2,000 U.S. armored vehicles, between 30 and 40 aircraft, and an untold number of small arms like these displayed by Taliban fighters in recent days. Night vision, 50 caliber machine guns, and helicopter gunships. How many U.S. taxpayer-funded military aircraft have been flown out of the country, and what are you doing to get those back? I have received reports of a number of aircraft that were flown into Uzbekistan and Tajikistan. We're going to take that issue up uh, at a later date. I asked for that clip because they are, at this point, very, very well-armed thugs. Yeah, billions of dollars worth of equipment. You know, they're going to have to get somebody to teach them how to fly all that stuff and use it, but it's uh, that's amazing. That we paid yeah, Check out your check stub, uh, the taxes uh, removed, and think about what it bought for the Taliban. Could this have gone worse? Might be a question. I'm not sure it could have. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, authorities in Oklahoma were called to a, a, a river to deal with this scary situation. A rescue crew found a body near the Arkansas River. The crew uh, paddled a kayak over to a body in a shallow part of the river in Tulsa. But when they went up to the body, they realized he was alive. Turns out he was just relaxing in their water. <laughs> what? Yeah, he left the house that morning. Like, all right, honey, I'm going to go lay in the river uh, completely still. Should be okay. I'm going to be fine. At first, the uh, rescuers thought he was sleeping with the fishes, but it turns out he was just sleeping with the fishes. Yeah, he was floating. It's very relaxing. Before we get to some important things, a couple of stories. This one out of Seattle. We'll get to the details later. The headline is good, though. Nude man stabs second nude man on Seattle sidewalk. <laughs> that sounds pretty Seattle to me. Yeah. Um, hey, I'm the nude man here. Stick. Um, Shemony. Where do you carry your knife? I don't want to know. Uh, there Boy. are way more priests than just that one. They're on Grinder, according to information that's coming out. Oh, I have no doubt. And a lot of people who work for home from home have a little secret. They have two jobs, neither of which they do very well, but uh, <laughs> they do them from home. Wow. I, you know. If you had the right job, I could see that. Absolutely. Yeah, instead of doing a really good job at one job, do a half-assed job at two and uh, see if you can keep them. We have breaking Or like a three-quarter-assed job. Sure. I mean, uh, how many of us uh, puts more of their ass into it than three-quarters most days? (laughs) I mean, if we're going to be honest. Uh, We have breaking Jeopardy news in a moment, but I want to go through a couple of like tidbits of news that are worth mentioning. 
Uh, saw this yesterday. Dear God, a reporter just asked the State Department spokesman if there were any COVID protocols at the Kabul airport prior to boarding. Oh, please. That's a good question. You you got to eject him forcibly from the press room. Um, I found the specific quote from Leon Panetta, who ran the CIA and the, the Department of Defense at various points. With the Taliban now controlling Afghanistan, there's no question that they will provide a safe haven for al-Qaeda and for ISIS and for other terrorists. This is a national security threat. So he just flat out says it as the former Secretary of Defense. They will give a safe haven to al-Qaeda and ISIS. Now, uh, Biden says they won't, and Trump said they won't. Well, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not we won't, see. aren't. They are right now, according yeah. to all kinds of reports. So they would have to turn over a new leaf now that we've gone. So here's, uh, I came across this great example of the way statistics can be misleading around, well, everything, but the COVID thing uh, a lot. Um, so this tweet or information was flying around social media this week, I guess. Iceland has reported more cases in the past month than they had in the previous nine months combined. And 91% of their adult population is at least partially vaccinated, 87% fully vaccinated. So that was, the anti-vax crowd was sending that around, look, they got 90% of their adults vaccinated, and now they have more cases in one month than they had in the previous nine months. Somebody pointed out that uh, Iceland has a total of 30 COVID deaths, period, and zero since mid-May. So you can, you know, you can look into the stories, oh my God, or you can say, Wow. They haven't had anybody die since May, and 30 total. Yeah. So calm the hell down. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that going around. Doesn't help. Doesn't help people's levels of trust and their abilities to make rational decisions with, you know, fear-mongering and clickbaiting going on right, left, and center. Yet another report I just came across of planes leaving half empty or barely half full. So uh, spokesman Kirby saying Americans just they can get to the airport. We've heard no reports of any problems. Then why are the planes half full? Because people just don't want to go and they they want to stick around for the weekend before they take off. Yeah, exactly. Well, they'll wrap it up work on a Friday. They'll, they'll fly out tomorrow. Oh, and then this report before we get to the breaking Jeopardy news. And this gets to the National Review piece of is Joe Biden OK. Joe Biden ignored Boris Johnson for 36 hours as Afghan chaos grew, according to a report. And this is in the New York Post today. Prime Minister Boris Johnson of Great Britain was trying to get a hold of Joe Biden for 36 hours before he got a call back. You'll remember, was it on wow. Tuesday? I think that the, that the State Department was asked, uh, who has Joe Biden talked to? And he hadn't talked to a world leader at all, not one. And then later that afternoon, he got a hold of Boris Johnson because everybody everybody was reacting the same way. He hasn't talked to anybody. He hasn't talked to a single world leader, any of our allies, anybody about this. Even and, though these are our NATO allies, we've been uh, side by side with in Afghanistan. They have thousands of their countrymen stranded there. We all have the same problem, and we're all on the same team. Boris Johnson started trying to get a hold of Joe Biden on Monday morning. UK time wasn't able to get him on the phone until 10 p.m. Tuesday. Uh according to the Daily Telegraph today. So if that is true, that is weird. You know, if that is true, and if it's true for the reasons I think it's true, we have an enormous constitutional crisis right now. Oh, yeah. I got to get to Not potentially right now. I can't believe that the world is so crazy that, like, I forgot that this happened. Um, Senator Lindsey Graham today said, if we leave one American or Afghan that helped us behind, then Joe Biden, in my view, has committed a high crime and misdemeanor under the Constitution and should be impeached. 
senator of the United States, a close friend of Joe Biden, said he needs to be impeached if anybody's left behind. So, you know, this thought flashed through my head last night. Friends on the left, and I mean friends, I don't dislike anybody for their views. I think maybe you're wrong, but that doesn't make you a bad person. Friends on the left, how crazy did you go over Don Trump saying to the president of Ukraine, you really ought to look into Hunter Biden because I think he's crooked. Y- you went S all nuts over that. Well, let's uh, compare and contrast the current situation a little bit. Hmm? Hmm? I don't think the president has the mental acuity to hold the office. And I think the events of the last week have proved it. Not the chaos in Afghanistan. That was that was terrible. But his lack of response and his attempted responses when they came, oh, not good. He's speaking today. Is that 10 Eastern or Pacific, Hanson? 10 p.m. Eastern? Well, in the morning. Um, or well, I don't know. Specific or Hanson has refused to speak to me. But as we are jabbering, that was forty-one minutes ago in some time zone. It must be. It must be. It must be. It must be. Uh, I don't know where it is. It must be huh. West Coast time, ten o'clock. So one o'clock Pacific. It's got to be. Yeah. Obviously, you made the good point, Joe. Thank you. Since Thank we you. don't have a time machine and. Yeah, when it comes to time zones, I tell you what, <laughs> you'd really got to dial in. When Please. it comes to knowing what time it is currently, you oh. really are on top of it. Noon Washington, that's uh, eleven Chicago. Nice job. That's ten Denver, <laughs> San Francisco. Don't get me started about San Francisco. Nine a.m. Nice job. Nine o'clock. Very, very impressive. <laughs> so, what's our breaking Jeopardy news? The newly declared host, Mike Richards, who was the executive producer for a long time, he's been a behind-the-scenes guy for a number of different talk shows. By the way, can explain why this is important, even if you don't give a crap who the host of Jeopardy is like me. But this is important for our culture. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he had been appointed the brand-new host and has now uh, resigned the post because of a variety of insensitive comments he made years ago, uh, primarily on a podcast he had that was kind of behind the scenes of game shows. Now, did and, he call for reinstating slavery or anything huge, or was it just like jokes that aren't cool? Or Oh, he said some horrific things like women dress like hookers on Halloween. Uh, he was joking Th- with one. That, wait, wait, wait a second. That's one <laughs> of the examples? Yes. Who hasn't yes. said that? That's like... That's the, the only reason I wouldn't say that on Halloween is it's so tired because everybody has said it. Seriously? In one, in one 2014 episode, uh, a model gal he was talking with discussed uh, working as a model at uh, the Consumer Electronics Show, and Richards uh, subsequently called her a booth hoe and booth slut. Uh, and somebody else called her a booth statute. Oh, uh, let's see. He made uh, comments on what sort of swimsuits he likes best on a woman. And then at one point, and this has drawn the fire of the Anti-Defamation League, at one point um, after, um, who who is this person? Um, somebody gray uh, makes a nonspecific comment about big noses. Richards jumps in. Ixnay on the Oznay. She's not an OJ. So my uh, way to make this matter to you, if you don't follow Jeopardy, um, 
because I don't care who the host is Jeopardy is. This is another example of so they haven't they haven't had a host for the Oscars for years because everybody they name somebody goes back through their social media and finds a tweet or a text or something that is not you know up to speed with current standards and now something rude they wrote in an English paper in middle school and now they can't find a host of Jeopardy. We got to right. figure this out as a culture or we're not going to have anybody able to do anything you know this uh, reminds me of my oft-stated principle that the best way to discredit progressive policies is to implement them i think this sort of thing will soon become so ridiculous and so pervasive there will be no hosts nor actors on any shows right you'll just have like one guy who's i don't know a, a, a baptist bishop or something like that and 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 you know as sinless as human beings come reading the script to us i guess <laughs> unless you're my mom you have said or done something you're ashamed of yes the uh, lovely that... mrs armstrong might be our last <laughs> public figure unless you're my mom you've got something in your past that would keep you from getting a job by modern standards um right. and uh, yeah so we got to figure this out people but 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 you know what's funny and and just illustrates how stupid all of it is is it's it's only like hosts of shows the actors can just be debauched the rock and roll bands we watch or country artists right. or rapper good lord the rappers please well, we've they always can do and say horrific things even before the cancel culture came along we've always wondered that about how there were standards for was it like actors like you'd find out they've got a drug problem Oh no, and that'd be in every band. Everybody openly has a drug problem, and nobody cares. And the only drug problem we get is when we can't get drugs. They fill stadiums, but if it comes out that an actor has a drug problem, it becomes a major crisis. They they canceled their ability to be in the upcoming Avengers movie because they found out they had a what? They were caught with some drugs. The guitar player for the biggest band in the world always has a drug problem. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why the difference in standards on that. Anywho, well, good luck trying to find a host for Jeopardy. So if it's a family-friendly anything, like the Oscars or Jeopardy or something like that, you're just not going to be able to get hosts. No. No. Not not uh, from adults. You might have to cast your net down into elementary schools to find some particularly goody-two-shoes <laughs> nine-year-old girl. I mean, you could, I mean get, you could get a priest, but they're all on Grinder according to this <laughs> new analysis. See now. Several, maybe. All is deeply offensive. Yeah. I call for Jack to be canceled. 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 Yeah. Analysis of cell phone data obtained by a conservative Catholic blog show that many priests at multiple levels in the Catholic hierarchy in the United States and the Vatican use the gay hookup app Grinder, which Knock is me not a, down with a hymnal, which is not a crime because they're having gay sex. That's fine. It's 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 just weird because you know they claim that they're. Not supposed celibate. to do that. They're celibate and everything like right. that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'd imagine there are quite a few on Tinder, too, because, you know, like uh, us, they swing uh, the other way. Yeah, but that that whole celibacy either attracts people that are gay and don't want to deal with it or with whatever's going on with that whole thing. There's something there. Yeah. Yep. There's a higher proportion of homosexuality, it would seem, among priests than, in the, than, than the regular population. And so there's something going on there. Um, but anyway, we can talk about that another day. Uh, another report out of Afghanistan as it continues to be a really, really interesting story. As always, we will take your texts, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.
Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And what we've now learned is that one of the people who fell to their death was Zaki Anwari. You see his picture there. He's only 17 years old and was a member of Afghanistan's national youth soccer team. A spokesman for the Afghan Sports Federation told the New York Times that the young man had come from a low-income family in Kabul and saw the arrival of the Taliban, the takeover of the Taliban, as the end of his dreams. Oh, goodness, I mean, if that's not an indictment of uh, the future of that country, a 17-year-old choosing that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, one of the people that fell off that plane. And it just reminded me of the criticism of Joe Biden in his speech earlier this week and his interview with George Stephanopoulos with at no point any compassion for uh, the people of Afghanistan or any anger toward the Taliban. Neither of those things. Just anger at the coverage. That was four or five days ago. Or the fact that the Afghans didn't fight hard enough for themselves, that that has been laid out as just an absolute falsehood all week long by lots of different people. Oh, we got to play that whole thing from the British MP getting to that topic. Maybe we'll do that to kick off, uh, or we've got Lonnie Chen coming up to talk politics. But that British MP who gave that speech the other day, anybody who hasn't fought for the flag should be uh, very careful about making these comments. Biden criticizing the Afghan military for not fighting when... 50, 60,000 of them have died in recent years fighting. And then you got people so desperate that they're uh, they're clinging onto a plane and falling to their deaths to get out of there. And he's got nothing to say about any of that. You wouldn't have done anything different. No, I wouldn't have done anything different. There had to be chaos. I priced it in. Um, And so I was just looking at Disclose.tv, which I still haven't figured out exactly what they are, their Twitter feed. But they've got a video that just came out how things are getting more intense at the at the airport there. Oh, my God. The the sea of humanity. And they are just so packed in. People are going to die getting trampled today. <sighs> um, it's 100 degrees. They're standing in the sun. They're just so jammed together. And it's just like if you've ever been in a crowd like that where it's you're not even moving yourself. It's just kind of moving you. They're all right. pressing toward the... The gates and as well, as, and we have it on extremely good authority that the Taliban are intentionally causing stampedes. So, uh, Disclose.tv also reporting that they've started beating journalists outside the gates there, and there was some uh, question as to whether Clarissa Ward has gotten out of there for CNN or not just now. But uh, they beat journalists and drive the journalists out of there. Then they're really going to do whatever the hell they want to do. And it'll be like, well, like Tiananmen Square was back in the day. We still don't really know what happened. You, you'll just you hear a report here or there about how many shots there were and how many people died. And, you know, figures will vary because there will be nobody there to report it. Um, so the cra- I'm looking at this video. It's we got to post this. It's just astounding of what it's like at the airport now as people get more desperate. And you start firing a, a, a gunshots into that crowd, you will have a stampede and a crush that gets through the gate, and then our Marines, airborne, have got to figure out, what do we do? Do we shoot back? Do we let all these people in? Then we're not getting any planes off of the runway. Once this place is just overrun with people everywhere, running for their lives, th- I think today's the day. I think, like, within hours, this is going to turn into a whole new level of ugly i was just going to say that which was incomprehensible yesterday is 50 percent worse today and and worsening by the minute it's 
this is uh, this is uh, this when this finally plays out will be spoken of for hundreds of years. I mean, this is a once in a century catastrophe, I think. Yeah. I, I hope not, but I just can't imagine how it shakes out without, you know, horrific loss of American life. Hanson, I just sent you the video so we can get that posted at armstrongandgetty.com. That is a scary sight, that sea of humanity jammed together. I you, find you, myself wishing we had a parliamentary system where we could have an election. I think the Biden administration may be dead. I was wondering, we were wondering, starting last weekend, what what's on the mind of the Taliban? Why are they letting this letting us do this? They must just think it's in their best interest. Maybe it was like you're saying, this was the plan all the time. They're making it as chaotic as possible. They got this giant crush of people there at the airport. Now they're going to get them to stampede into the place. And uh and that oh boy. Well, we've been speculating that they it was in their interests to let the US depart, so they're letting us go. Um it hadn't occurred to me that it was there in their best interest to let us go just enough that we had no more power, and then they would make the last tiny percentage so excruciating and humiliating that it would well, leave an awful mark. That's some cheery stuff, huh? Well, it's, it's, it's not a cheery situation, no doubt about it. Lon Chen, best political mind around that we know. We're going to talk to him. Kick off hour three. Armstrong and Getty.